And tell me what's a happening. This is the Pyrolite Podcast, episode 27. Bringing you another fantasy football talk today. Oh, yeah. We got things rolling with a bit of Ruben and Charisse. Now, this is one of my all time favorite Jerry tunes. Uh, as usual, playing you just a taste at the intro. And then, if you want to stay tuned after the pod, you can hear the song in its entirety. Ruben and Charisse, baby. One of my favorites. This is Pyromaniac Mo, and you can follow me on Twitter at Pyromaniac Mo, P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O. Now recently, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Denny Carter. Many of you know him from the Living the Stream podcast, in which he and friend of Pyro, J.J. Zacharyson, uh, discuss waiver wire pickups each week of the fantasy season. Now this goes for quarterbacks, Tight ends, defenses. Uh, so this Pyrolite fantasy football talk that I sat down with Denny is perfect for those of you interested in the late round quarterback draft strategy as well as the philosophy behind streaming. The FF talk I had with Denny uh, will not only introduce you to the philosophy, but it also dives in really deep uh, into important statistical categories that you're going to need to pay attention to if you're planning on streaming any of these positions. Denny dropped the goo as he talked about the importance of red zone opportunities for quarterbacks available in the waiver wire, uh, efficiency of per target for tight ends, and what matchups to look for when grabbing a defense off the waiver wires. We get into that and all kinds of more uh, statistical categories that you're going to need to mark when streaming. We talk about the philosophy that drives the streaming technique, so grab a pen, Pyromaniacs, because there's fantasy gold peppered throughout this podcast. Now, before we get there, I just want to remind folks about one of our premier partners, that's Founders Brewery. Now, if you're looking for some fantastic micro-brewed ales, go to pyromaniac.com now. Click on the Founders logo at the top, and there, all you have to do is plug in your zip code, and boom, local establishments will fill your computer screen of places that serve up Founders. So go to the Pyro website, pyromaniac.com, click the Founders link at the top, and get ready to sap some good brews. Now... One last thing, folks. 
We need your help. We at Pyro are currently working hard on the first version of our draft kit, and as always, we're adding more and more content for the Pyro Pro members. Uh, Check out our website, pyromaniac.com, for information on both the draft kit, which is coming soon, and uh, how to sign up for a Pyro Pro membership. But here's the deal I've got for you. Now, we're trying to grow as a brand. Uh, One of the ways you can help us is by leaving reviews on iTunes. Now, as it happens, a mistake was made earlier on where iTunes actually split our show into two, which meant every time somebody was doing a review, some of them went to one, some of them went to the other. Unfortunately, for some reason, they couldn't combine the two. So basically what they're going to do is delete the old version. So if you've left a review in the past, there's a chance it may be going away if it isn't already. So please, every single listener, I need you to go check this out. Hopefully, by the time you log on to iTunes, there's only going to be one show left. But just to make sure you're going to the right one, it's the one that has over 150 reviews. If you left a review on the show that was removed, simple. You leave another one. It'll say that you haven't left a review and you just leave another one. But just in case you did leave a review on the correct one, the one that has over 150, well... Then use your mamas, your daddies, someone you meet in the alley, use their email, and heck, man, leave another one. In this day and age, most folks have access to multiple email accounts. So help us out. Provide in a review. Provide two or three on iTunes for us, if you would. Now, to provide some incentive for you, the carrot, as it were, uh, in April... We will select one review that was created in 2016. One review created in 2016. Now, that person who was randomly selected that created that review, and you can leave more than one, you just need new emails, Uh, that person that we select will receive a free year subscription to Pyro Pro. That is a heck of a deal. So go to the iTunes website, leave a review on the one that has 150 or more, and you could win a Pyro Pro membership. Just keep listening uh, in throughout, but certainly in April we will announce uh, the username of the winner. So Pyro Pro Year Membership. All you got to do is leave a review for the uh, iTunes audience in 2016, and that could be you. All right, guys. While the heavy crew is on a bit of a break, the Pyromaniac Light Podcast rolls on with plenty of fantasy football talks coming at you. Plus, we're engaging online by blabbing, which is basically a video format where the Pyro boys talk fantasy, and fans can watch live, you can interact by typing questions via text, or you can even jump on and grab a seat and chat with us live. Now, we're going to be tweeting out this information about blabs. As always, we got a few coming up uh, in the coming weeks. Now, you can follow me on Twitter at PyromaniacMo. As I said, my Twitter account is dedicated to fantasy goo. So you will hear all the future blabs, Pyromaniac news and deals coming at you, draft kit release, uh, new stuff for the Pyro Pro, and of course, all the fantasy and NFL information you can handle. That's on Twitter, PyromaniacMo. Now, like I said, guys, We've got some exciting exciting interviews coming in the near future. Some really cool guys that are going to be gracing uh, my computer screen, and we're going to bring the fantasy goo to you. But first, stay tuned for a really great interview with Denny Carter on this, the 27th episode of the Pyro Light Podcast. Enjoy. All right, Pyromaniacs. This is... Mo, and I've got a special treat for you today. His name 
is Denny Carter. Now, Denny is the owner of DraftDayConsultants.com, and he's the author of How to Think Like a Daily Fantasy Football Winner, which you can buy on Amazon. He's been published in the New York Times, and of course, to many a fantasy football ear, he can be heard on Living the Stream podcast, and he's been good enough to grace my Skype computer, and he is uh, sitting down for a chat with us. CD Denny Carter, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well, Mo. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. This is the first uh, podcast of any kind I've done for uh, at least two and a half months. So I I'm sorry if I'm rusty. I'm gonna I'm gonna really try to up my game here. Rust is a daily part of my life, my friend. <laughs> so I'm I'm just lucky when I hit work with pants on. I'm happy. Hey, I I, I, have, uh, I so I have pants on right now for the first time all day. So let's just let's just that, go with that's, it. That's that's a good day in my book. Yeah. When uh, the sun's come up and down and you haven't even put on a belt. I like it. Um, Now, let's uh, just dive right in. As uh, many of our listeners know, Pyromaniac is a 24-7-365 machine. We're constantly going, but... What I think is really cool about you know doing these talks during the off season is you don't have to crunch the numbers and get into it exactly as much. You can talk sort of more free form, uh, a bit more philosophy, and that's uh, kind of what we're here to find out. Denny uh, is wonderful at talking philosophy, and uh, we've on Pyro have talked about streaming and late round quarterbacks, and uh, Denny is uh, the go-to man for this. So Denny, if some pyromaniacs aren't familiar with you and, and your work. Where can they find you on the internet, Twitter, podcasts? Where can we get a hold of some of your work? Yeah, well, it's you know, Living the Stream podcast. We're on iTunes. Um, you can go to Late Round Quarterback or I'm sorry, Late Round to uh, to listen to the podcast online. And uh, my my writing, uh, some of my writing at least, can be found at thefakefootball.com. Uh, so I'm I'm sort of spread around, uh, uh, and uh, those are the main places you can find me. And uh, tell me, you know, maybe we're trying to pull back the curtain a bit, and I, I know those are some of the the places that you've got your uh, your hands in the pie a bit. But what about a resource or a suggestion? Maybe it's a data point. Maybe it's a website you're not affiliated with. Um, something you use during the season uh, that can give pyromaniacs a leg up yeah. in fantasy? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I, you know, I, uh, I tend to babble about this site uh, at, uh, at parties uh, and uh, which makes me great company at a party, but um <laughs> rotoviz, rotoviz.com. I, I just, I would, I would really urge people to, to check it out. Uh, it's um it's a very, you know, low cost uh, uh, yearly subscription uh, there's lots of, of really good uh, in-depth stuff. You know, n- very little of the stuff on Road of is, is sort of the, um, you know, glossed over, you know, sort of low-level stuff. This is intricate detail. This is using metrics that uh, really get into, you know, parts of the game that, you know, we, we, we should care about, you know, efficiency on a per-snap basis, efficiency on a per-target basis. Um, you know, measuring a guy's opportunity. The, these are the things that Rotoviz really gets into. And um, every summer, um, you know, in, in, in July and August, I make uh, what are called fantasy equity scores, where we look at um, where a player is being drafted compared to where I project him. So it's a subjective uh, process, obviously. Uh, but I use as one of my main tools, 
I use their projection machine uh, that they have mm. on the site, um, which to me is worth the price of it, admission alone. Uh, so yeah, I would check out Rotoviz. Wow, that's a that's really cool. And me, you know, I'm a uh, deadhead fish head. So I'm, I would geek out on stats and stuff like, you know, how often they would open up with this song and <laughs> when they would close with this song. So, uh, that sounds right up my alley. Yeah. Uh, I geek out on stats like that. Yeah. Um, another thing uh, you're well known for, and I, you know, I, on a personal note, I really enjoy, uh, the living the stream podcast. So if some of the pyromaniacs out there are not familiar one do yourself a favor it's a fantastic podcast uh, during the regular season uh, but tell us a bit about that how to come into existence and what will listeners discover yeah <clears throat> so living the stream we really try to uh, focus on the the niche of you know finding quarterbacks tight ends and defenses that are on the waiver wire uh in almost all league and all, all almost all leagues and almost all formats uh, and we talk about those options rather than, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to group all fantasy podcasts into one because there are many different kinds. But generally, you know, you'll tune in and you'll hear stuff about, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a must start this week. OK, great. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for the information. Right. I, you know, I had no idea. <laughs> um, and so what we're trying to do is saying, you know, looking at this matchup, looking at how this quarterback's performing, looking at his weapons we recommend this guy. <clears throat> we end up, you know, recommending two or three quarterbacks um, based uh, based mostly on matchups. So it is really a, a very matchup based uh, uh, show that uh, I hope we make also funny because uh, I think that that's something that is lacking in uh, in the industry. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a very there's a lot of seriousness in 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 fantasy football industry because I think oh you know it's uh, it's composed of people who you know, see themselves one day being, you know, making decisions in the league. I mean, like, you know, there, uh, some people are, are on that track and JJ and I are not like that. We, we know, like we treat it like a game. It's fun. We joke around. We, we have, we have sketches, we have gags, we have my alter ego, Kenny Darter. (laughs) So it's, uh, it's, it's a very fun, it's a very fun show to do. But it's it's also um, it's also helpful just to me, like, you know, just hashing it out with JJ every week. I'm like, oh, OK, that that completely changed my mind on this guy or that guy, you know. Yeah. And that's a lot of times, you know, what we do at Pyro talking it out and we're not always going to agree. But half the time, that's where I'm learning is from my, my cohorts. And you guys do a really good job, I think, of, of blending both, because many times in the industry, I think we lose sight of, you know, God, this is football and it's not even football it's fantasy it's fantasy football. football man yeah look i mean you know the joke is we're all in our mother's basements which you know i haven't <laughs> been in my mom's basement in you know 14 months so you know get off my back <laughs> take that establishment <laughs> um so now that we've been a little bit removed from the fantasy season uh, do you have any takeaways? I know this is always a big question at this time of year. And, you know, one thing I think we can take away is that every season is going to be new and there's going to be totally different. And what happens one, there's no guarantee to happen the next. But now that we've had a little time, do you have any takeaways um, thus far or is each season its own entity unto itself? I, I think, it, I, you know, uh, every season is is a little different. And I think that this past season uh and you know i'm not i don't have uh 
stats and numbers in front of me right now, but you know, just being immersed in it for for 16, 17 weeks, um, there were so many late round quarterbacks or undrafted quarterbacks who ended up being, you know, key to fantasy success. I'm talking about uh, Fitzpatrick. I'm talking about Tyrod yeah. Taylor, Blake Bortles, the Q- VQB three for the season. <laughs> okay, I mean that that's incredible, right? Andy Dalton was QB one until until week eight or nine. Um, you know, you you go down the list and and you just keep finding these guys. Kirk Cousins, who was who was a league winner in every league in America, you know, is it, he wasn't he wasn't even owned on half of teams at, at midseason. So it's just, um, it, it the the success of late round quarterbacks this year uh, trumped everything that I've seen in, in my time playing the game and. Uh, so I think that that's going to affect the quarterback market in the, in, in the following way. I think that people are going to latch on to those guys who went undrafted. Look at Bortles went undrafted. Um, uh, Dalton went undrafted. Carson Palmer largely went undrafted. Um, and I mean, in 10 team leagues. So <clears throat> I think, but I think that they, people will target those guys in rounds that make no sense. Now, I could see Bortles now going in the fifth or sixth round, which is a a disastrous pick. Um, right. If if you're looking for value, you know, um, you know, regression is it is written all over Bortles this year. So yeah. I, I just I feel like people are going to say, oh, you know what, these guys really delivered for me. You know, it's that it's that it's that terrible habit that we have, and and I've been guilty of it too, where you say this is my guy. This is my guy. Kirk Cousins won a championship for me. Therefore, he's my guy. Therefore, I'm taking him in the fifth round next year. And that's that's no way to be. You got to be, you know, almost robotic in the way you think of of these players. They they're 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 just entities. They're just like they're stats. They're not they're not your guy. You're not owning a franchise. This is your stupid fantasy team. Right. And that's why I was kind of hesitant to ask the question, because like you said, uh, people will be overdrafting portals and each year is new. And, you know, if you look at just how many red zone passes the guy was tossing up, I mean, there's some very unique situations that I don't think are going to be replicated. And if you're drafting him fourth, fifth round, you're drafting him on utter uh, his best possible upside and, and that's, that's all you can have and that's the and that's the the problem that's the thing we always talk about on living the stream is that you know when you when you took andrew luck with the eighth pick overall last year you were saying in, in, in no uncertain terms he is going to have a close historic season and you know sometimes that'll happen peyton manning in 20 what was it 13 or 14, I forget which one, the, the one where he went. It was 13, he went, 55 touchdowns. Yeah. So that was historic. You know, that's historic. And, and he, he was a freak of nature. And if you picked him in the second round that year, uh, uh, like a lot of people did, and then, wow, it paid off. But uh, it's just, it's not, um, it's not smart. It's not optimal to bank on historic numbers. So you're, and, and you're right about Bortles. I mean, you're saying he's going to throw 30 touchdowns again. Right. And uh, it's interesting you bring up Manning, uh, you know, like next year, everybody's going to be taking Cam super high. Yeah. And yeah. I think it was the last time was Manning, I want to say 2003, uh, where a guy finished the season number one at the position and then went on to be number one again. Yeah. It just, it, it doesn't happen. 
And there are so many unique situations, and that's why I'm really looking forward to this conversation is to kind of see, peel back your, your mind a little bit and to see what it is you're looking for. Yeah. Um, so being that you're big on streaming, and by streaming, you know, we're um, you playing the waiver wire, playing matchups, when do you typically draft quarterback, tight end, defense, and is which one are you taking first in a draft? Yeah, uh, I would say, you know, for the most part, I'm taking tight end first out of those uh, because, you know, the 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 key the key is, you know, like I was just talking about, you don't get attached to a player on a, on a, on some sort of personal level, uh, even though they don't even know who you are. So I don't know if that can be personal. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? No. <laughs> yes. I'm, I've been rooting for them. I'm sorry. Cam doesn't know you, man. Um, so, uh, so in, in that same vein though, uh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't say, you know, I'm not taking a tight end until round 10. You know, that, that's a, uh, that, that's a recipe for failure. You're just setting yourself up, uh, to fall on your face at that point, because, uh, there, there are some times where you're going to see a guy, a tight end say in the eighth round and say, man, that is a solid value because, you know, I, I believe, you know, looking at his ADP, he's a fifth round ADPs and he's available in the eighth. I I'm going to go out on the limb and, and take so you you just the the late round approach is really just a a euphemism almost for value value like value right. at all costs um and so you know a tight end comes first usually um uh and then and then a quarterback and then a defense there there's really I've I've done you know some studies on 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 defenses on what well, you know quote unquote elite defenses um and and how they perform from year 1 to year 2 and like mm-hmm. you were talking about, about, you know, this quarterback didn't finish number one back to back. It's the same deal. You know, the, these right. these defenses that perform, uh, you know, that have unbelievable performances in year one are not even top 10 units in, in, in year two. So uh, defenses are are so expendable. Uh, you know, they're, they're, there's so much variance with the defense that there's no reason to I- invest highly. But, yeah, so I go tight on quarterback defense usually. I like that. And I was, you know, um, we're, we're uh, at Pyromaniac. We're uh, getting ready for our draft kit. And uh, I've been doing some research and digging in. And I'm, I'm sure Pyromaniacs have heard me mention this before, but it's kind of an arbitrary number. But essentially, uh, two tight ends had over 245 points in PPR. 18 freaking quarterbacks did. Mm-hmm. And so I think that goes to your point where there's so many quarterbacks. Yeah, they score a lot of points, but there's so many of them right. that score so many points and there are often a handful available on the waiver wire. Yeah. And I guess that, that leads I, me right into streaming. Uh, what does, what are you looking for in a quarterback when you're streaming? What does streaming mean to you when you're thinking about a quarterback? Yeah. Just to, to put an exclamation point on what you were saying though, uh, every year, yes. every year, more than 40 quarterbacks post at least one top 12 performance. So that gives you an idea of how expendable the position is. Um, but what I, you know, what I look for in a, in a quarterback streamer, um, first and foremost is, is matchup because, uh, matchups matter. Um, and if you can get a quarterback, a, a feasible quarterback going up against a, a secondary that is giving up, you know, lots of yards and, and a, and a high completion percentage, I, I always look at that. Um, and, and that quarterback has weapons, 
then then you go for it. Now, one one thing I don't necessarily look for is volume of opportunity. Um, you you see that a lot on Twitter during the week, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to a game. Well, you know, quarterback X is is guaranteed to throw 40 times. So I'm going to go with him. Uh, well, there is very little correlation between pass attempts and fantasy points scored. Um, it's uh, it's really all about um, touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, it's the correlation is touchdowns and, and, and fantasy points scored. So volume, you know, a guy could throw 40 or 50 times. And that doesn't guarantee anything. And anyone who's ever gone with Matt Stafford knows that, you know. Right. Being a, a Motown man and a yeah. Lions lover, I'm well keenly aware. Now, you mentioned uh, touchdowns. So uh, how often are you keeping your eye on Vegas when they are uh, coming out with the, the total over-under points? You can get the implied team total. How much does that factor into your decision? You know, it. It it definitely factors uh, a, a game with with a very high total is just something that I can't really shake because um, you know there's just there just seems to be so much opportunity there. I, I will point out uh, that this about about Vegas lines. Um, my my friend and colleague uh, Rich Rebar, uh, he's on on Twitter at Lord Reeb's. Uh, he did a, a quick uh, uh, chart. Uh, graph showing that <clears throat> Vegas was way off last year in projected, I'm sorry, implied totals for teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, way off. Like, you know, they consistently had the Jaguars scoring less than 21 points. And when did the Jaguars score less than 21 points? Uh, so it's it's just, uh, you know, it's just something that I think you can get caught up in, but it's definitely worth paying attention to. Yeah, there was one game in particular. I remember the the over under was I think forty two, and the Jags themselves scored I think thirty nine yeah. alone. Like they almost covered the point spread all by themselves. Yeah. So yeah. And, yeah. and then also the on the other end of the spectrum, Vegas continually had the Eagles at twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven implied points, and you know chip kelly man they're they're running so many plays and they and they were not you know they were they they were lucky to you know to to get within a touchdown of that so it's it's just it's just something i i i try i try not to base decisions based you know on entirely on 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 that because as we saw last year um it's definitely nothing close to a guarantee so you talked about you know touchdowns being a main driving uh stat td to uh, int ratio maybe uh, not so much uh, are you really geared towards attempts but what about the oppositional matchup mm-hmm. um what are you looking for in the defense that a quarterback is playing uh yeah i look for a few things one um completion percentage against so what it, that, that you look at that secondary and you say uh what are opposing quarterbacks completing against this team you look for that. You also look for um, average yards per completion, not not average yards per attempt. That's not that's not quite as telling. Um, it's worth looking into, but I I tend to sort of shrug that off. But average yards per completion against that secondary that's that's critical. Also, how many red zone opportunities are, is that defense giving up uh, per game? Because we talked about the importance of getting a quarterback who. Uh, who is is more likely than others maybe to get get opportunities at touchdowns. I mean, that's all we look at. That's all we can 
that's all we can hope for is an opportunity for a touchdown. It's just like with mm-hmm. kickers. The only thing you can hope for is an opportunity to kick a few field goals in a game. So, um, uh, so that those are the the three things I look for: red zone uh, attempts, um, completion percentage, and yards per completion. Does a cornerback ever factor in? So, like you know, I'm a sadly one of the many fantasy guys out there who who took second because ODB was on my bench in uh, week 16, and that was due to, of course, Josh Norman, the yeah. base motel. Yeah. Uh, so does that ever factor in? So, for example, if you got Cousins playing Carolina, and you know Kirk, he's been hot, but he's going up against Josh Norman. Do you ever let that factor in, or is that for, reading too much? Yeah, for uh, a quarterback uh, versus a secondary with a really great cornerback. No, I think that that's, I think that you are, you know, you're, you're basically making just guesses at that point. Um, uh, It's not, look, I understand the, I understand the impetus behind saying, Oh no, I'm not playing. I'm like back when Darrell Rivas was not terrible. um, Mm -hmm. uh, It was um, that, that was the situation. Well, I'm not playing my quarterback against Rivas. You know the you look at the production against Carolina's secondary um, through you know the the last six or eight weeks of the season, and it actually was was pretty decent. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson you know tore them up uh, despite Norman being in there and and doing uh, and doing and doing well. So and you know you look at Norman uh, against Julio in week uh, what was it sixteen where Julio went went berserk against Carolina. Yeah, and um, and you, so I just think that's overthinking a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's one player versus, you know, a, a squadron, essentially, uh, three or four players. And there, there are certain quarterbacks, um, Carson Palmer, you know, goes into Seattle and lights it up. Yeah. Um, certain quarterbacks just don't seem to be as affected as much. Uh, folks, I am Pyromaniac Mo. You can follow me on Twitter at Pyromaniac Mo, and I'm having the good fortune. Just sit down with uh, Denny Carter. He can be found on Twitter at CDCarter13. That's C-D-C-A-R-T-E-R 13. And I want to switch it now. So we were talking about streaming uh, quarterbacks. What about defense? When you're streaming defense, what are you looking for there? You gave me some great stats to look for in in a quarterback's uh, opposition. What are you looking for in a defense and also on the other side of the ball when a defense is playing uh, an offense? What are you looking for? Yeah, so when I'm uh, when I'm looking at a defense on the waiver wire, um, I I a I want them going up against a quarterback who is inaccurate and who is likely to throw uh, quite a bit. And um, you know this this formula that I'm going to lay out here doesn't guarantee anything because defense defensive scoring in fantasy is so fickle, and I know you know that. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I first of all, I don't pay any attention to the over/under. Uh, that doesn't correlate with with fantasy points for a defense. I I pay attention to how accurate a quarterback is, or rather inaccurate he is. Um, how many attempts he's he 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 has per game. Um, the strength of his offensive line. So his, if his offensive line is giving up a lot of hurries and sacks, and he's throwing the ball away a lot, and and you know you can find all those stats then um then i then i i like that because actually quarterback pressure correlates very closely with defensive fantasy points um which is something that i 
discovered a couple of years ago and was, you know, sort of uh, surprised. You know, it just it just doesn't seem like something that would jump out, but it is uh, a, a quarterback who is pressured. And, and it does if you if you really think about watching a football game, and if a quarterback is under constant pressure, you know, he's likely to make a mistake, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a pick. We're looking for a fumble. We're looking for a pick for a touchdown, even. Um, so th- those are the uh, those are the things I look for. Also, uh, home defense. You know, uh, yeah. if there's a, if there are two defenses that I'm agonizing over, I almost always go with the home defense because um, that that actually does make a difference, a, a significant difference in the success that they can have uh, on a given week. Does that ever factor in home? Uh, does that ever factor in when you're streaming a quarterback? A home quarterback would be preferable to a quarterback on the road. That you know, that's something to look into. I, I've never, um, I've never broken down you know streaming options, home versus away. But there are guys who have crazy splits, like Kirk Cousins last year. I was gonna say Cousins was unusable on the road, unusable. Right. But at home, he was a monster. Um, you know, Roethlisberger was not even yeah. playable on the road, and yeah. he was, uh, you know, uh, a top quarterback at home. So. Uh, so that that I I believe in home road splits for quarterbacks, um, mm-hmm. and it would be interesting to see how how that how that breaks down when you're looking at um, waiver wire options. Now I asked you if if you looked as far as cornerbacks uh, when you're selecting a quarterback, are you worried about the de- um, secondary? What about on the other side? So do you ever factor in like an opposing running back or an all-star wide receiver when you're streaming a defense? You know that that is that's a good question. I I I would say that that I don't really look at the. I'm not afraid of a of an elite running back if right. uh, if there are indications that the team likes to throw and and may have to throw. You know, according according to to Vegas. You know, if they're if a team is a seven point underdog they're probably not going to be running a lot. They're not going to have the opportunity to run a lot. So they're not going to be able to use their best weapon, which was the idea behind streaming defenses against St. Louis, even when Gurley mm-hmm. was in there, was that, you know, they're going to have to use Case Keenum and their horrible wide receiver core rather than their their best player. Um, so the running back doesn't scare me. I would say a wide receiver does make me hesitate, though, an elite wide receiver with a, with a good matchup. I, I would... That would that would factor into my decision. What about the the last streamable option, or I guess the smart streamable option, uh, the tight end? Uh, what are some key things you're looking for when grabbing a guy off the waiver? Uh, a few things. Uh, one, um, I, I want to know how efficient he is with his opportunity. Um, you know, uh, two years ago, Travis Kelsey was incredibly efficient on a per target basis. And it just screamed to, to me and, you know, many others that if this guy starts getting volume, any kind of volume, uh, he, he could be great. I know that didn't exactly work out this year. I know that he was kind of up and down. Um, but, but efficiency per target is, is a, is a fantastic measure, um, of pass routes run per game is also something that I used to look at and uh until uh pro football focus blocked off their <laughs> their their data 
uh, for the viewing public. And so I don't, I, it, there's no way of knowing now, unless you watch a game and track how many routes a guy's running. And that's, that's just not something that I'm going to do. So, um, so that's kind of out the window, but that used to be a really good, um, a really good measure. And then um, <clears throat> the last is uh, is volume. And I know I talked about in quarterback volume is not something we chase, but we chase we chase like hell when we see mm-hmm. volume for tight ends and wide receivers uh, because that doesn't hurt. Okay, like like a, a quarterback who's throwing 45 times a game, that's probably not 45 times. I mean, 45 quality attempts, but a, but a tight end who's seeing eight eight or nine targets a game you know, that's, that's what we're looking for. So, um, uh, so, you know, volume efficiency, and then, you know, back in the old days, uh, pass routes. But. Right. Yeah. We always say, you know, targets is one of the best, um, predictors of fantasy success when it comes to, you know, guys catching the ball, uh, even guys out of the backfield. Now I'm hearing you name all these great stats. I didn't hear you bring up ranking of uh, a matchup so how good a defense is versus a quarterback how good a defense is versus uh, the tight end position uh do you look for that or is that something that um is just too muddied no i i, I look for you that that's a good point i i'm glad you brought that up <clears throat> um i usually use um four for four.com's uh mm-hmm. schedule adjusted fantasy points uh it it tends to uh, give you a clearer picture of just how good or just how bad a defense is against a certain position. Uh, and, uh, and so that can really, you know, that can really be a tiebreaker. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're really agonizing over two or three tight end options, um, you can, you can look at that. So that, that's something I use on an every, every week basis. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 4 for 4 does a good job. I, I just talked to Josh Moore not too long ago, but um, with the, the schedule adjusted. And uh, there's some other cool metrics out of, out there as well, mm-hmm. uh, like you know percent of uh, aimed throws yeah. versus just uh, passing or um, depth of target, not just depth of route run. So there's a bunch of really cool stats. I think that you can, if you just uh, dig a little deeper, you can find some really telling Things. Yeah, it's just pro football focus keeps track of aimed throws, which is, yeah. uh, which is, ju- which they, that does not count throwaways, uh, batted balls and spikes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's actually, when I talk about, uh, a quarterback's accuracy, I, I don't look at their raw accuracy. I look at their aim throw accuracy. Folks, once again, I got uh, one more question for CD Carter 13. That's on Twitter, and of course, I'm Pyromaniac Mo, and uh, been very good of you to to stay up with me. I know you got a couple of kids to put to bed, and uh, I can hear mine. I gave him, you know, a, a flashlight and a shard of broken glass. <laughs> told him it was science. Hey, that's that's and, old uh, school, man. That's old school. Had, well, hey, I'm an old school guy, and uh, I can tell that shard of broken glass is losing its luster as we speak. I can hear them, you know, starting fires and things in the other room. But I digress. Yes. Uh, any thought or tip? So let's say you're streaming, and, and once again, we got to remind folks, the goal is not to stream. You know, I, I grabbed Carson Palmer in the 12th round in my high school league, and boom, I was done. I, di- I didn't have to stream Absolutely. anymore. No, and right? I, thank you for saying that, because I really think that there's a misunderstanding, like a like – a, mm-hmm. uh, a, a genuine misunderstanding of, of why we stream. We don't stream because we're trying to flex our muscles saying, Hey, I caught this great matchup. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to wheel and deal and do that. 
no, that that's not what we're doing. We're we're trying to get a Carson. We're trying to get a Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. These guys who put up really solid floors week after week. That we stream not to stream. Right. In my dynasty league, I, I landed Tyrod. Um, I don't know, week four or five, and boom, I was done. <laughs> uh, I drafted Carson. 12th round, boom, I'm done. Now, like you said, it's not always just going late round, but it's it's getting value, right? So I think I drafted in another league a uh, uh, big Acostas Furberger, Ben Roethlisberger. I think I drafted him ninth round mm-hmm. where the, the value was just so good. Now, because he had such a uh, banged up year, I was often going with Fitzpatrick or, or Cousins or whatnot, but it's not just going late round to go late round. And it's not just streaming to say, like, you know, you're mounting a fish on the wall. I caught a fish this big. I caught a quarterback this big. Now let's see what I can do next week. Yeah. Uh, but the goal is to land something. Yes. But let's just say, hypothetically, my last one for you, and I will let you uh, do your uh, fatherly, husbandly duties as I have to as well. All right. uh, but if your fab budget is running dry mm-hmm. and you're still streaming quarterback, tight end, and a D, mm-hmm. is there one that you're going to – look to secure first yeah uh that that's a that's a really good question um i i'm gonna try not to give you the it depends answer um (laughs) uh, but i i will say that i would be more likely i would be more likely to stick with a tight end if that tight end was was a part of that offense you know was 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 truly a part of the offense not not the key not the centerpiece, but but just a guy who was who was starting, who was running a lot of routes, who was, you know, getting decent uh, de- a decent number of targets. I would probably not get cute with him. I would rather look for an exploitable quarterback matchup first, and then I would look for, you know, a really good defensive matchup second because quarterback matchups are much easier to find and exploit than than defensive i mean we you know how it goes uh you know a defense looks like they're going to score 40 you know on monday and then by sunday they they score negative two for you so it's just yeah. um that so yeah i would prioritize trying to trying to use my fab budget on on quarterback i like it and uh fab free agent acquisition budget is the way to go it's the way of the future kids hey <laughs> Danny, I really appreciate your time. Uh, you've, you've been great and really fantastic uh, knowledge you've dropped on us. So thank you very much. Hey, it was it was great to talk to you, Mo. And I, I'm uh, I used to do the 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 grinding away in February thing, writing articles and stuff. I don't do that anymore. But it was I'm I'm I was happy to uh, finally get to talk with 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 someone about uh, this degenerate game we play. Well, like like streaming, I mean, that's the goal. That's my goal is to maybe not grind all year long, but uh, until I land that gig, uh, I'm going to be right at it. There you go. So uh, thank you very much, sir. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, same here. Folks, he is Denny Carter. You can follow him on Twitter, C-D-C-A-R-T-E-R-13. That's CD Carter 13. And of course, he can be heard with JJ Zacharyson on Living the Stream podcast during the season. And you can also check out his worst work at draftdayconsultants.com. 
Com. All right, Pyromaniacs, you know, uh, the heavy crew is on a bit of a hiatus. I say hiatus, they're gone for about a week and a half, two weeks, uh, but I'm going to be filling in with a couple light episodes. I got some other interviews in the works for you. I know D-Rex and I will be blabbing and uh, continuing to give you the fantasy football goo on Pyromaniac.com. Until then, we will catch you on the flip side. Speed and man. 